Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Welcome to another edition of Paranormal and Paranoid News. Thanks, Carol. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. And I'm also glad to be here. We survived the snow apocalypse. We did. We had a bad ice storm a week or two ago, and I lost power for almost 24 hours, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I, I I know it was bad for many, many people. So My biggest concern was I had no internet. And oh. I had to read a book, and it was terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, there you go. So I want to do a shout out to uh, the Mysterious Circumstances podcast. We did a swap with them a while back, and they ran our, um, our little uh, promotional ad on his show. And he said he actually doesn't do promos. He just wanted to shout out. So we're doing that. Um, they're great. He is a great show, Mysterious Circumstances podcast. He covers true crime, history, mysteries, and the paranormal. And the best part, he has explicit language. Oh, yeah. Your favorite part. Yeah, my favorite part for sure. So make sure you guys to follow him um, and listen and subscribe to his show. Follow him on Twitter at PodcastMC. If you want to buy him a beer, please go over to Venmo and send him a beer via MC Podcast. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. You know, when I was searching for these stories, uh, it was uh, just, you know, not only a snowstorm in our state, but all over the nation and in many parts of the world. And I even saw a video sent by one of our friends of snow falling in the Sahara Desert. What? And these cute camels were all huddled up together. <laughs> Chili camels. And you wouldn't think that phantoms and monsters would be out lurking in the cold. But you know what? There have been quite a few interesting stories. Really? Yeah. Coming across the ocean from our friends in the UK... A report of a creature resembling the Mothman. Oh, cool. Was recently seen, and this story posted on phantomsandmonsters.com by Lon Strickler said he found this story circulating on social media. Hmm. Now, the witness says they were watching the snow throughout the evening falling outside their bedroom window. Right before 11.30 p.m., the witness said they noticed footprints in the driveway. But besides that being odd, even more odd was the fact the prints were not of a boot or a shoe, mm. meaning barefoot. Yikes. <laughs> Worried that would be that, cold. That would be very <laughs> cold. Worried that whoever was walking around barefoot out in the snow might be getting frostbite, mm -hmm. the person decided to go downstairs to investigate, opening the outside door from the kitchen to their backyard garden. Mm -hmm. well, obviously, this person has never seen horror movies. <laughs> obviously not. You just don't do that. No. <laughs> Turning on the porch lights, the person called out, Hello, is Hi. there anybody out there? It's me. It's Pink Floyd that I was quoting. Okay. No answer. But there in the yard was a seven-foot muscular creature wearing no clothes. And according to the witness, could not have been human because, you'll love this, hmm. there were no genitals. Oh. Because his eyes went right there. Right there. Got to check it out, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask it to bend over. There was nothing, there was nothing to see there. There was nothing to see. Oh. So, quote, it had... <laughs> 
It had the shape of four limbs, a torso, and a head, but it also had wings, huge bat-like pale wings. It was crouched down and then flew away as quickly as I turned on the lights. Now the witness apologizes he did not get any photos. Well, yeah, why not? In this day and age, you should have your phone with you at all times. Yeah, and you know what? Even if he got them, they'd all be blurry. (laughs) Because that's how it always is. so freaked out. I mean, it's actually, that's a good point. Like the Bigfoot footage that they took in the late 60s. Yeah. Um, If you're not expecting to see a Bigfoot, you see a Bigfoot, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, that's pretty good footage for being that freaked out. Right. It's pretty stable, really. Yeah. I mean, the first part of it's shaky, but then he stabilizes it and, and... I, I don't know if I would be able to remain that calm. I don't think so. I'd be running, trying to film it at the same time. I know. I know. So, you know, in researching this, there was no name given to this account, and I could not find any other witnesses. Um, so this may be a made-up story, but my gut is saying, no, it's all true. It's all true because, you know, Mothman? Yeah. Um, who is supposedly this legendary creature, was seen in Point Pleasant, yep. West Virginia, on yep. November 12, 1966. Yep. Over 100 witnesses reported seeing this creature, and a very scary book by author John Keel recounts these incidents. I also scared myself to death watching the Mothman movie, and there are a lot of accounts of seeing this mysterious creature that supposedly is an omen for disasters. That was a scary... I read the book and I watched the movie, and both of them freaked me out. There are so many accounts of seeing this mysterious creature that supposedly, also, this is an omen for disasters. And what is super curious is that in 1963, there were sightings of this winged creature in Kent, England, Mm. several years before the West Virginia reports of the Mothman. Really? Okay. So that's why I think this might be a legitimate Mothman sighting. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the Mothman, they wouldn't be over in the UK or they wouldn't be over in that area. Well, they were actually seeing this creature first over in England. Huh. Okay. Do you think he flew over the Atlantic Ocean to West Virginia? He might have. He might have been like, you know, I need a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's related to the Highgate vampire. He probably is. And he was like, they had a fight and he was like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck England. I'm going to West Virginia. There's something in West Virginia I need to see. And he took off. What is in West Virginia? (laughs) I don't know. And to all of you people in England listening, we did not mean fuck you, England. We're just, you know, that's Carol's fault. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we love England. We love you, England. I would like to go there someday. We do want to go to England and see the Screaming Skulls and the Highgate Cemetery and Uh go to Scotland and see the Greyfriars Cookyard. And I want to go shopping at Harrods. And go shopping at Harrods. Harrods. Not Harold's, Harrods. Harrods. See, not, I don't even know your department store's names correctly. I'm sorry. And go to the platform and you hop on the train to the Dumbledore Castle of that's Hogwarts. What, that's what Carol really wants to do. She <laughs> wants to go see your Harry Potter castle. Yeah, I'm actually just going to have to go to Florida for that, I think. Or out California. Harry Harry Potter's you world. Go to Universal Studios Hollywood. No, I, that's in Florida. Harry Potter's world. It's in, in L.A. too. They have them in both places. You should know. I, I went to the Harry Potter castle in L.A. a couple uh, years ago. Holly, you go everywhere. I went and I saw. You know what? I'm 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 done saying I'm going anywhere because you've <laughs> all, you've already gone well, you everywhere. Go, you go on more like grown up vacations. Like you go to Europe and you went to Germany a couple of years ago and you do stuff like that. And I just go like freaking amusement parks. Like I'm a ten year old. 
<laughs> so <laughs> anyway, speaking of saying? speaking of amusement, um, there is a Mothman festival coming up on September 18th and 19th of this year. Really? It's held every year in Point Pleasant, but was postponed last year. I will provide the link in case anyone wants to check out I that want, festival. I want to go. What's great is the admission is free. Dude, and we should go. I know we really should. And it's kid friendly, which is great because the movie was definitely not. No. Um, I made that big mistake. My daughter to this day reminds me <laughs> um, that I'm. Of your great parenting skills. Yes. <laughs> There's many grievances I'm sure she has. She has a list. She's like, do you remember when you took me to that movie? And I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think Richard Gere c- was capable of being in a scary movie. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't think about it being that yeah, scary. Yeah. Now this next weird story also comes from the UK, you know, because I got to have some flow here. Okay. And even though the cryptid is described more as a praying mantis, I think this could also be another sighting of the Mothman. Okay. I don't know. We'll let our listeners decide. Mm-hmm. Paul Froggett, 26. Now <laughs> His name is Froggett. Yeah. Please keep his last name in mind as I tell this story. Okay. Claims he saw a seven-foot alien mantis while bicycling home from his job at the dog food factory plant. There's so many things wrong with that sentence. The dog food factory plant. The dog food and factory. And bicy- Does that mean the food is being made out of dogs or is it dog food? Oh being my made God. Dogs? My husband said the exact same thing. That's what it made me think. No. And he's on his bicycle. His last name is Froggett and he sees a 10 foot. I know. Mantis? I know. But Did you this, say it was a 10 foot? It's right? seven feet. Seven, seven feet prey mantis? What the hell? Where are you getting your information? I know. <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody look at my credits because uh-huh. it's probably one of nationalenquirer.com? those. Nationalenquirer.com? Yeah, it's yeah, probably okay. a tabloid. <laughs> but these are good stories, guys. These are good. Um, so this took place in the wooded area of Warwick last summer in July. And he said, quote, I know it sounds crazy, but I felt I could sense its feelings towards me. And it was just like pure hatred. You know, when you're watching a David Attenborough documentary (laughs) and you see the spider eating a fly, that kind of hatred. Well, of course he'd be scared of that, Froggett, Mr. Froggett. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't make fun of you. He also drew a sketch of the figure. And guess what? It has antennas, too. Of course it does. Um. Well, of course it does. <laughs> Probably has a long dragon tail, too. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say something else. Um, on oh, a, I, I know what you thought I was yeah. going to say. On a Thursday morning at 5 a.m., Paul said he was cycling home from work and saw something odd in the sky. It was a glowing orange tic-tac. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was a good... Yay, at least it's an orange tic-tac this time, not a white no, one. It was, it was a glowing orange sphere, and he stopped to take some photos. When he got back on his bike to cycle home, he felt the object move just outside his peripheral vision, keeping up with his progress. Quote, I entered a woodland area and lost sight of the object through the trees. Usually at this time of morning, there's a chorus of bird songs and insects, but the woods were dead silent. Mm. He continues to recount that when he came down around a bend on the path, he said standing in front of him was a seven foot tall, light green praying mantis standing on two legs with a triangular head and black oval eyes having a human like shape and taken from his own words. I felt like it could read my mind and I could read its. My fear was replaced with complete alien thoughts of utter hatred and evil. Mm. I felt these thoughts projected from him into my mind from this thing. 
Now, Paul said he was not on drugs or alcohol at the time because that was my first thought. Mm -hmm. But he was forced to quit his job and has been made an insomniac from his traumatic ordeal. Wow. His co-workers all make fun of him, calling him the Mantis Man of Warwick. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. Sorry. Didn't mean to laugh at that. But I, I love these kinds of stories because even his last name kind of fits, you know? Yeah. So who knows? Again, this could all just be a ruse, but I love the story. Does he have a history of mental illness? No. Hmm. The Mothman may have just like upped his game and said, you know, too many people now recognize me. <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to add some antennas. I think he had a, a fight with a Highgate vampire. He left <laughs> England for West Virginia. Ship went down West Virginia, which we'll get into later. And then he goes back to West England. West Virginia. He goes back to England to hang out in Warwick and to terrorize a guy on a bicycle who makes food out of dogs. I think no. that's probably what he's doing. Okay. Now, <clears throat> we're moving on. All right. Now, to follow up on our monolith sightings. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're still continuing to appear all really? over the world. Okay. Yeah, so more recently, this time in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm. According to Coast to Coast, one of our favorite shows. Yay, Coast to Coast. Yeah, this monolith, though, was met with great suspicion and fear after rumors spread that this object was connected with the Illuminati or something even more nefarious like... Aliens. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the mo- I almost didn't know the I answer. pointed to Holly I and she froze. knew exactly. I was like, wait, was she- oh, aliens. Just say aliens. It is aliens. <laughs> the monolith was 12 feet tall and similar to other monoliths, a shiny triangle shape. It appeared on the weekend of February 13th, standing in the town square of the capital city of Kinshasa. Crowds of people all came out to investigate and started to attack the thing, ripping it apart to see if there were wires or other technology hidden inside. And then they all set the thing on fire. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> A big, huge bonfire. What do you think that the monoliths are somehow related to the coming UFO disclosure? Um, because, you know, maybe these are just, they're just prepping us. Yeah, that's what kind of one of our theories was. It was like yeah. a symbol for news, news, news and more seeding. news, more and more paranoid news. Mm. Um, also in Turkey on February 5th of this year, a monolith was discovered in Kobekli Tempe, similar to all the others in design. But this one had a mysterious text inscription written in Old Turkish saying, quote, if you want to see the moon, look up to the sky. <laughs> How profound. Well, thank you for the advice. Uh, did you know we also have our own monolith now in Oregon? No, we do. Yes, I'm so I excited. Was, I was wondering if we were going to get one. So. I know, I was looking for it. And it appeared January 5th. Okay. And guess where it is? Probably in the woods someplace. No, it's it's really stupid. It's in a parking lot of a local Elks Lodge in Hood River. Hood River, Oregon. What? Yeah. There's so many more mysterious places it could have shown up, but that it shows that like plot. That seems to me like it must be fake if they put it You know, there. a lot of these seem just really weird. They're copycat monolith. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think metal art is fine, but what causes true alarm is when something so massive just appears out of nowhere and, and nobody a, knows what it means. And, and, and a random place, too. Right. And I'm not the most observant person. Many people like me might miss a statue going up or perhaps some ornamentation on a building, etc. But Holly, in New York, there has been quite a stir about a certain skyscraper that many people are just now noticing. Oh, huh, 
Okay. The building is terrifying. I've just shown Holly. There's no windows. It is scary. There is not one window on any of its 29 floors. And the floors are said to be the height of two floors combined. Otherwise, it'd be many, many more stories tall. And instead of windows, there are these giant sets of air vents. And they're really creepy looking. They're on each side to regulate the air. It's like a tomb. It is bizarre. And the building is owned by AT&T. And the oh, fact, that explains it. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the fact that there are no windows is to keep the skyscraper from collapsing during a nuclear blast. It is said there is enough food, water, and supplies also stored in this building to keep 1,500 people safe for up to two weeks. So basically just the workers in the building. Yeah, we want you guys to stay alive to make sure AT&T's uh, network stays going. That's right. Now, the address also is interesting. It, the skyscraper is located on 33, which is a Masonic number. Okay. Uh, Thomas Street in Lower Manhattan. And there's a great documentary on this building. Um, I think it's called Project X that believes the building is connected to the NSA and serves as a listening station for the secret National Security Agency. Huh. So also um, Inside Edition ran a report on this and the reporter tried to get inside the building one day but was turned away telling him, no, the place, um, he's not allowed to get any camera footage inside the place, so he couldn't get in. And what's really interesting to note is that this building has been around for many, many years. When you go look at the building online, what it, I mean, it reminds me of the Ministry of Love from the George Orwell's 1984 book. Oh. And you know, there were no windows on that building either. Oh, weird. The building has been there for over 50 years, and many New Yorkers said, they have never noticed this building, never noticed it until just a couple of years ago or even a few weeks ago. Um, it actually started to become really popular when Tom Hanks drew attention to it by tweeting out on social media that it is the scariest building he has ever seen. Really? So people have been commenting on it online mm -hmm. and more and more people have been like, this is the weirdest building. And one person who commented on the story said, um, he goes by Warrior Dugan is his name, uh, said that he used to deliver cookies and muffins twice a week to the workers 25 years ago. And what he said was in the building was these huge computers, phone equipment, and there's this special gateway switch that routes calls to and from the U.S. to other countries. He said it was just as spooky inside as it was from the outside, and the building was kept absolutely frigid. It was so cold. Oh. Uh-huh. It's a gigantic ghost machine. So um, the best answers I found, though, is that, A, this is the Men in Black headquarters. Yeah, I love that. Sounds like it. Mm -hmm. And some say it is a secret government building under the guise of AT&T. And back in the day when telephone equipment had to take up really large spaces and computers, you know, were the size of cars, this building came in very handy. But it's comforting to know that, you know, my personal cell phone's carrier is AT&T. So... This whole conversation is probably going to go through the NSA listening spy hub. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when when everything gets hit and uh, bombed, AT&T yeah. will be the last you'll still standing. Have your, you'll still have your phone. I'll still have my phone. It's good because um, I'm thinking about leaving Verizon, like, especially after today. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe I'll go back to AT&T. Yeah, you know, I just think this story is so weird because, you know, there's this camp of people that swear the building has always been there as long as they can remember living in New York City. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these people who have also been living in downtown New York City that also swear on their lives the building just appeared out of nowhere, just wow. recently. Wow. 
That sounds like, um, what is it, that the Mandela effect? That bingo. Oh, you know what? I was just thinking that. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. You read yeah. my mind. Yeah. Well, I always do. We share yep. a brain. <laughs> you share. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, the Mandela effect, of course, is that whole theory that, you know, people are on different timelines. And at some point in the future, we're merging timelines. And so you've got a group of people that remember distinctly Nelson Mandela dying. Yeah. I'm in that camp. Yeah. I don't know if you are. I um, I, I can't remember now. <laughs> it's terrible if I was in that camp or not. <laughs> but I've been there. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Billy Graham I thought he died in ago. college. I yeah. saw his daughter yeah. preach at his funeral. Yeah. And say this wonderful, glowing, yeah. you know, tribute to her father. Yeah. And then I was just floored when, like, years recently, later, he I just died. Like, no, he I was died like, there is ago. no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So, Holly, yeah. Um, I'm getting on another tangent, but I am definitely going to do an episode on the Mandela you effect. Should. Because you should. not only are there personal stories I've had yeah. in my life, yeah. but there are some crazy stuff out there that... I think, you know, memory is faulty. I'll be the first one to say it. it. But when you have thousands of people remembering things differently. I know. You you can't. Something's going on. Especially when they all agree on what they remember. You know, a lot of people remember Billy Graham dying. A lot of people remember Nelson Mandela dying. I know. Like a lot of people have these memories. And now you're telling us, no, that person never died. Like there's something off about that. There There really is. is. So guys, I'm going to link all these pictures online so you can, you can actually have fun looking at them. them. You can um, just go to our Instagram page or website. We'll have some pictures there. And there was an interesting article, Holly. You're going to love this. Um, It's about aliens. Yay. You know, I've got to throw in some of this here. Um, Astronomer Avi Loeb, I came across an interview that was uh, basically written about uh, on unexplainedmysteries.com. He did an interview and he admits that he thinks aliens did visit Earth in the past, but he definitely believes aliens have no interest in coming back to Earth. I wouldn't either. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he said that they don't like Earth because... Um, and he feels very strongly they won't be coming back. The more intelligent ones won't be coming back. And he said, the reason is, you're going to love this, they don't like our grass. And I'm not talking about the weed. <laughs> I knew I knew that's where your mind was going. Yep, it sure did. But they don't like our grass. And <laughs> I just thought grass? that was so funny. What do they have against your well, grass? He, the reason he gives is that most likely, you know, aliens see infrared. So to them, normal, healthy grass should look dark red not green or, you know, brown if they're visiting in the summer. So our planet would not look appealing to them. And you know what I was thinking? This Hmm. might explain, Holly, why cows are being abducted. Because you know what they eat? Grass. Grass. They might be studying them and be like, how are these cows living, (laughs) eating this poisonous grass on this planet? I don't know. I think there's got to be something more to it than just red versus green grass. I don't know. That's his opinion. He's pretty smart. I think they don't come here because they're afraid we're going to blow ourselves up with nuclear weapons. Well, okay. And they don't want to be in the crossfires of that. Yeah. Well, also Loeb believes that our lack of intelligence could yeah. also be a contributing factor because he feels that any <laughs> other planets with more intelligent life mm-hmm. 
would would only go to planets that he feels would be cooperative and have a mutual exchange of beneficial knowledge and technology. So if there's nothing we don't to have be gained, to offer them, right, basically. then they would yeah. be like, eh, we're moving on. And I feel like, you know, they said that the UFO stuff started to really get going right after we we started with the atomic bomb tests, which got their attention, Yeah, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so perhaps the only reason they came here to begin with was because they're worried that if we do manage to blow up the planet, that's going to have a horrible ripple effect across the universe, and they're trying to stop that from happening. Right, to protect that would, themselves. That would make sense. Yeah. And, you know, cows. Everybody loves and cows. Cow, well, and they love cows. <laughs> well, you know, even your friend Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon. Yeah, we yeah. talked last night. Yeah, uh, I know. He said on the Joe Rogan show, your other friend. My Joe Rogan. Your other friend. Hi, Joe. Uh, that if there were any aliens visiting Earth, he definitely would know about it. Because, you know, he's one of the four brains they would communicate with. <laughs> I'm sure he probably would be considered He didn't say that. But, yeah. you know, he's very intelligent. So he thinks mm -hmm. that, you know, of course he would know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, they're talking about, you know, his space program. And Joe Rogan was like, are you worried about aliens? And he was like, no, I don't really think they exist. <laughs> Joe Rogan's like, what do you mean? Yeah, how could you, you not my, think that? How did you see my Bulbasaur interview? <laughs> and uh, the, Elon Musk is like, well, they're not. They're too subtle. We would have more evidence, blah, blah, blah. Like, the way a scientist would answer which i think elon musk essentially is so whatever elon have a little imagination yeah well my next story might change your mind okay it's from eastidahonews.com okay it's interesting to come you know have news out of idaho <laughs> <laughs> our friends in idaho a crop circle recently appeared early february of 2021 in a snowy field on the north side of interstate 15 near shelley idaho and for those who don't know where that is it's about 10 miles south of idaho falls now this crop circle is unique because it clearly resembles a pepperoni pizza <laughs> can you eat it is it got actual pepperonis? i don't know but the property owner ryan searle said whoever did it must have been using it as a wonderful advertising opportunity, but he has nothing to do with, um, you know, the knowledge of making the design. He had no additional information. He just saw it like we all did. Mm -hmm. And when the crop circle is viewed from the sky, mm -hmm. it shows this strange code written in the center, M9SD6L. Well, that's Battleship. Somebody's playing Battleship out there in the field. <laughs> Does anyone know what it means beyond Battleship? No, I tried to do a Google search and no, nobody knows what it means. But somebody said um, they theorized the code is probably a discount code that you'll get for ordering pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find out who, who did it. That's great. Um, because I remember uh, long, I can't remember when this happened, but out in Eastern Oregon, which would be out by Eastern, well, kind of by Eastern Idaho. Um, years ago, there was a news coverage of this. I think it was national news coverage where there was a crop circle, but I think it was made in the desert sand Ooh. and there, it was a really intricate design and there were no footprints found. So they could not have been made by people because there were no footprints found anywhere on the periphery of it or inside of it. So if it's human made, how did they do it? Yeah. And they it got covered on the news and it was a big deal. I want to say it was in Malheur County, but I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's somewhere out in eastern Oregon. And uh, they also have a lot of cattle mutilations out in eastern Oregon. Yeah, well. they do. 
So well, it'll be interesting to know if this really was done by a pizza company because I, it's I think brilliant. it's I think it's yeah, it's brilliant, but it's also really cool looking. I, I will attach a picture, and you know, others think it looks more like a manhole cover with identification <laughs> on it, but I disagree. I think it looks like a pizza, but maybe because I'm hungry, I think I'm so. hungry too. But I have to say, if it was for a pizza place, they really need to do a better job of letting you know which pizza place it is because you don't know which which pizza yeah. place you can use that code at. Maybe they just maybe there's only one pizza place in, in that whole, small in the town. Whole town. Yeah, we don't know. Okay, well that would be a way to do it then. But it's interesting because I wouldn't want to be running my advertising on a freezing cold day in the snow and going to all that work. There's easier methods. A billboard, people. Yeah. A billboard. That's somebody with too much time on their hands. That's right. Yeah. Now, I know we talked about Alaska yeah. as the place people go to disappear. Mm -hmm. But I found this next story very interesting on inlinenews.com mm -hmm. of a mysterious disappearance involving 50-year-old San Francisco resident Christopher Voitel. Mm. On January 9th of this year, Christopher was last seen on surveillance camera entering his apartment. His family became increasingly worried about his behavior, which they said recently involved him writing cryptic posts on social media. Hmm. M9, two by, no, I'm <laughs> no, kidding. Say, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't those <laughs> posts. Um, he was asking for money, and he was also talking about escaping to the mountains. Okay. So um, the last message they received was a text sent to his niece asking her to tell his sister to be checking for messages from him. After a private investigator hired by the family interviewed neighbors and friends, it was told that recently Christopher had met a homeless man named Bud who was very fond of the occult. The homeless man was seen on the surveillance camera but left his apartment the very next day prior to January 9th. The weird thing about this case, Christopher never left his apartment. Oh, really? Police officers who searched his place said the front door was bolted locked from the inside, making it impossible to leave. And the other thing is, there were also cameras inside of the apartment. So what could have happened? How did this man just go into his apartment and disappear? Could he have gone off a balcony? But the cameras would have picked it up. They were all over the place. And this homeless man, Bud, was also interviewed. And he said he had psychic abilities and saw Christopher being shot in a robbery and carried out of the residence wrapped in plastic. So that's really very detailed but information. The, the cameras never showed any mm -mm. of that. Yeah, nothing oh. was ever recorded on the cameras. So I either think somebody tampered with the cameras or he was one of those bad residents that everybody just was like. <laughs> they all they all got together and said, Joe's got to go. We're going to help you disappear because you want to get lost. What so. was his name? I don't know. Christopher. Christopher. Christopher's got to go. So let's just take care of let's it. Let's just help him. We'll all say that we saw him we'll, leave in his car and yeah, go to Alaska. We'll hide for him the the disappearance, we, yeah. you know, that we saw him left. Because, he, you know, if he truly wanted to be left alone and... Yeah. I mean, that's weird. what good friends do for there's each a, other. There's a couple of weird cases out there like that. There's that one guy in... Um, I can't remember where he was now, but he was at that saloon called the Ugly Tuna. And they had, they had cameras all over the bar and they never found him. They never saw him leave and he's never been found. Yeah. I can't remember his name. It's kind of a famous missing person case. And then, of course, Maura Murray, which is one of the ones I like yes. to follow. That one's a crazy story, too. So many podcasters have oh, covered yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a really – well, there's a really good book about it by James Renner that I read. And um, 
who whatever happened to her happened in the perfect window of time. She just took a car. She was a college student and she went up to to New Hampshire, I think, um, and or Vermont. I can't remember one of those two states. She went up there. She didn't tell anybody where she was going. She was drunk and her car spun out of control. She got out. The neighbor tried to help her. She was in a rural area. She declined his offer for help. And the next thing you know, the cop shows up about seven minutes later and she's gone and she's never been found. And they have no idea where she went. None of the neighbors saw her. This is why tracking devices are actually a good thing. In that respect, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then the, the they brought out some, some dogs to sniff Sniffer. for her. And they follow her scent about down the road a little ways and then they stop because they believe she got picked up by another car. But they've never found her. Yeah, those those uh, cases really are scary. They are. They are because um, it's like she disappeared into thin air. So if there was someone who took her, which I kind of think that there was, they hit it the perfect window of time. Mm-hmm. They could not have hit it at a better time because they just slipped in and slipped out before anyone really noticed. And that was that. Well, I'm on to my very final story okay. of paranormal paranoid yeah, let's, news. Let's do this. This is one of my favorite all-time topics, so I was really excited when I found this article. Scientists have now claimed to have achieved real-time communication with lucid dreaming. Oh, cool. An article on newsatlas.com reported that the dreamers who participated in this study could correctly respond to simple questions and math problems while in a lucid dream. Oh, So, yeah. For those of you who don't know, lucid dreaming is a dream where your mind becomes awake in the dream state and you are aware you're dreaming, but you're not actually awake. So scientists said while in REM sleep, they were able to measure brainwave activity to determine the sleeping state and the dreamers were able to respond to questions using ocular eye patterns to let them know they were answering. So maybe they were like blinking twice or three times. What's remarkable about this is that these studies were done with people all over the world, not just in the same room. Mm -hmm. And it worked with all of them. Hmm. So after waking up, some said the questions came through as if they were just from outside the dream or superimposed over it. Quote, I was at a party with friends, one subject said, and your voice was coming from the outside just like a narrator of a movie. Really? How cool is that? That's amazing. You should get Tony to do that with you because I know you know how to lucid dream. I know. That'd be cool. He could be teaching me Spanish or something while I'm sleeping. Or ask you questions and then you can, when you wake up, tell him what you experienced. Yeah. Be really interesting. I could share my dream world with him. Yeah. He'd be like, what are you seeing now? Mm. Who are you talking to now? What are you doing, Carol? Who's stalking you now in the dream? Carol, you want to give me all the money in your bank account. Well, that's hypnosis in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, that's the other question. Like, what nefarious things will yeah, come of this study? exactly. Carol, uh, what do you want to do our tarot reading on today? Yeah, um, well... Let's see, all the stories, so many questions. So many stories. I, you know what I think would be really good? What's that? Because I know we've already, um, you know, talked about aliens. We've talked about the monoliths. Yeah. Um, to death. I, yeah. So I really um, would love to know mm-hmm. what really is going on in that nefarious building Ooh. in downtown Manhattan, New York. That's a great question. Let's shuffle our cards and see what we can find out. Let's do it. Okay. 
Okay, so I am going to be using the Wild Unknown deck, and I know you have this deck too, I right? sure do. Um, I believe the lady that created it is a Portlander. Oh, cool, yeah. And Didn't if, she have a shop here? She used to, and if anyone knows anything about tarot cards, they probably have a copy of the Wild Unknown because it was a huge hit when it came out, a huge hit. Yeah, these cards are so cool. Um, they're really unique. Um, I will say they're one of the most difficult card decks, though, to read because they, they don't have your traditional imagery usually on right. them, but um, they're just worth it anyway. It's yeah. just so fun to use. They're just cool. They're just really the imagery she put together on these cards are pretty amazing. Did you say her name? No. What was her name? Her name is Kim Kranz. Kim Kranz. That's right. Kim Kranz, and she uh, created the Wild Unknown Tarot deck. Well, great. And um, Carol, go ahead and tell us what you found. Yeah, so um, when I drew, um, I got uh, the Father of Swords, the Hangman reversed, the Ace of Swords, and the Judgment card reversed. And I drew an extra card just because I wanted to see um, some more information on the last card, mm -hmm. yeah. which um, I'll kind of explain here. So what I feel like is going on is the Father of Swords is, you know, whoever is in control of the use and the purpose of the building is someone in power. He's a leader. Um, the swords are all, always about taking action. Mm -hmm. um, it's so... You know, there are things that are happening in, within that building and involve um, action right now going on. And so that's pretty powerful. The yep. hanged man, normally when we get that, that means activity is kind of in a waiting mode. So I feel the building is going full force ahead with um, being used. And I do believe it's um, communication because swords is all about communicating. It's the card of intellect. Um, so we got some very smart people mm -hmm. uh, in yeah. charge of that building and doing things in that building. Now, Brainiac. this is, yeah, this is interesting. We've got the ace of swords. And that to me tells me whatever whatever was going on in that building previously has changed. So the purpose has changed because we have a new beginning. Mm -hmm. The ace of swords represents new beginning and taking action. Yep. And traditionally... Um, swords also, um, like if you're talking about military or anything government, a lot of times swords will come up and also the judgment card can come up for the legal things and dealing yeah. with government yes. um, contracts and things like that. And so, of course, you know, I drew the judgment card. Now it's reversed. So that to me means that it's not going to be something that is going to be necessarily disclosed to us. So it is secretive. It's being under wraps. And so, yeah, a bit nefarious, I think. I think so. And one of these days we need to do a tarot reading on something that uh, we can find out if we're actually right or not. I know. <laughs> I know. It's pretty convenient that yeah. we just don't know about All nothing. All stuff in the dark no, we're going to know. In the dark. We're yeah. going to know. Uh, I swear to God we're going to know about the monoliths. I swear. I hope so. It's going to come out. So I hope so. Fingers crossed because those things are amazing. And they're creepy. It's yeah. just too many copycats out there. Yeah, I know. And it's amazing there's one in Hood River now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what did you get, Holly? So I, Carol, am using the Housewives Tarot, a domestic divination kit card. Oh. Um, basically, um, it's really cute. It's based off of 50s Housewives. How cute. It's adorable. It comes complete in a recipe box with... Um, Recipes, recipes with no way for like a like a devilish martini and I, <laughs> I love there's it. some really cute recipes with it anyway it is by paul keppel and jude buffum thank you so much for your um contribution to the tarot industry with your housewives tarot deck anyway i pulled 
the Three of Swords, the Chariot, and the Magician. Mm. So, yes, all ominous cards. Those are <laughs> ominous. <laughs> Basically, the Three of Swords to me means that that this building was built out of a necessity, that there was a need for it, and that they're trying to um, heal things. That, no, that's not the best way of putting this. They're trying to fill a need. To me, that Three of Swords means they're trying to fill a need. There's something that they need to do, and it's it's coming out of a place of pain. Because yes. the Three of Swords is typically a pain. pain card, a heartbreak card. But in this indication, I'm thinking that there's been things that have happened in the past that have been bad, maybe for AT&T, maybe for the United States, I don't know, but they are putting this building in place so they can make sure that never happens again. So they're fulfilling a need to not have harm happen. And it's interesting that you have the swords card too, yes. because it, it then reinforces the communication piece Absolutely. to protect our communications. Absolutely. And then like you got all swords as your suit as well. That's so right. that's interesting that we both got swords. It's a card of, of communication, intellect, taking action. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is um, a building that was built with the intent of making sure that we have things protected in a way that's going to make sure we are not harmed again. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm going to interpret this. Um, the chariot is the next card, which again matches your reversed hangman, which right. means we're going forward swiftly with intent and ambition, and we're going to make sure that we get everything taken care of. We're a thriving business. Obviously, AT&T is a huge company. Huge, yeah. So we know what we're doing, and we're going after it with gusto, and we end with a magician, mm. which is kind of a nefarious card because um, even though in this respect he's upright, which means he's positive, which means he has the potential to do and succeed at whatever he puts his mind to, the magician can also be a little bit devious. He doesn't tell you everything. He might be like that slick car salesman that's trying to sell you a lemon. I'm not suggesting that AT&T is this. I'm just saying that they have the ability to go as far as they want to go. And I think that they're being in that building without the windows. There's a lot of secrecy involved in oh, that. Oh, yeah. That makes me wonder what the magician is up to. Yeah, the magicians are common for creating illusions. Illusions. Right. Yeah. And what you necessarily see is not accurate. Right. And you can't see into that building. You can't. Because there's no windows. So I think that whatever they're doing, it is, I think that the intent behind it is positive. I think they're trying to to stop harm from happening. And obviously they have the intellect behind it to do it. And they obviously have the ambition and the intent to do it. But when you end with a magician card, um, it basically is somebody who has all the magic and all the power and you're not quite sure where they're going to use it. And hopefully it's for good. Mm -hmm. And because the card is upright, I'm going to say, I think that it's going to be for good. I think it's going to be for protection. Yeah. And I, um, because mine's reversed, I'm going to say no. Okay. So we got, we got. Um, so we disagree. We disagree a little bit on that because, um, yeah, I, I feel like it isn't going to be, it is, I think it's going to be good for their, them. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Sure. Um, to protect their interests. Yeah. And um, they think they're doing good, but ultimately it's um, also creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. That I do think that they are using communications in a creepy way. And they probably are. <laughs> not AT&T, but the building. The building so, itself. Yeah, don't cut off my cell phone yeah, service, AT&T. AT we're not knocking you. Okay. Please know that. Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
Hi, guys. This is Carol. I just wanted to give you an update on one of our stories on this episode. The case of Christopher Wotel, the missing man from San Francisco. His body has now been found on February 16th. Uh, Holly sent me an article right before our episode dropped, so I just wanted to give an update. His body was found in his apartment in the crawl space of his roof. So there you go. Uh, no longer missing in action. Uh, just wanted to let you know. Thanks. Bye-bye. It's just not if you can hear me. For. No, I was singing I Pink. See it in your eyes. I was singing Pink Floyd. And I'm singing Lionel Richie. I'm singing Pink Floyd. No, no, no. It was Pink Floyd. Okay, anyway. I can't remember the words. Carol, I just walked Carol through how to turn off all of her notifications. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Holly. That was a huge help. Yeah. I basically was telling her how to do it while no, I was doing no, it. No, it's not true. No, See, that's why I chose true. not to record that part. No. <laughs> I didn't want people to find that out. So, no, I was the one that told Carol what to do. Okay, now, and I also showed uh, Holly the monolith in Oregon. Right, which looks like a legit monolith. And I pointed out to Carol, it's actually across the street from a restaurant we ate at when we were there. What was uh, the restaurant? Ago. It was that English pub. I don't remember the name of it, but it's right there on like one of the main streets of Hood River. Do we have nachos? We may have. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.